I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Tom Lucy Plus One, uh, the podcast. For those of you who don't know, my name is Tom Lucy. I'm a comedian, uh, and I've been doing that for the last sort of four or five years. And uh, this is my podcast where I chat to different people from the world of entertainment about their lives and their careers and all of that stuff. And uh, <laughs> this week, our guest is. Tom O'Dell, which is very exciting. Tom is a, um, you know, massively successful singer and songwriter. And uh, he very kindly invited me around to his house in East London. And we had a cup of tea and we chatted about everything. And I think you're going to really enjoy it. This is the absolutely brilliant Tom O'Dell.
Um, that's cool. there, oh, there's there's so many things that I want to talk to you about. Great. Because um, you obviously like have achieved a lot. Oh, I'm and, not um, really sure about that. Have a lot to say. I don't feel like that. I've achieved. That much. <laughs> well, I've, I just want to say because the last time I saw you was at that um, uh, charity gig you did right, at the yeah. Jazz Cafe mm. in Camden, mm. which was so good. And I've seen you before. I came to see you at Brixton. Do you remember with Shappy? Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah, no, I remember meeting you. And it yeah. was so f- amazing. Yeah. I was just going to... Do you... Because watching you perform, it seems like you really sort of love it. Yes. Do you... Is that the side of the industry that you prefer the most or do you prefer writing and studios and... I feel, I feel like it's almost like two different... Uh, I don't know, it's sort of cliche, but like it's almost like two different sort of hats, like that I wear. Like I, it's two different roles. Yeah. And I enjoy them both equally. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a nice. I think it's 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 a quite a, a nice, nicely well-rounded process, which I really like. Where I spend a lot of time writing, and then you have this wonderful sort of payoff. Mm. which is being able to then perform those songs yeah. on stage. Yeah. And to you get a real sort of gratification. Yeah. Like, sort of instant gratification. Definitely, you know, yeah. From that experience. And uh but it's weird because when I when I'm far into a tour, you know, when you're sort of six months sometimes the the songs sort of they, they they take on a whole different life and it's almost it's strange. Sometimes I forget that I wrote them and spent all that time writing them. But um, I enjoy both equally. Do you, do you feel like because you've been doing music for a few years now, that when you write a song, you know if it's going to be one that you'll enjoy performing live? And do you write songs that you know will be fun to perform? Yeah, but it's like, it's almost like it can be quite counterproductive that. It's almost like I'm constantly sort of fighting that pre those preconceptions that I yeah. you do get from being a few albums in yeah of like knowing what works better and um I try as best as I can to write sort of as innocently as I did when I was 13 14 yeah um I think the more I I songwrite as well the more I realize that the the most sort of uneducated position I can be in writing is the the, the better the song is yeah because it's so it's so sort of unintellectual songwriting you're right it's so <laughs> you know it's like as soon as I intellectualise it I I write utter shite yeah as what is in this if you think about it too much yeah or, yeah like if it's coming from what I think will work yeah as opposed to the the, the phrases and the phrases and the, and the melodies and the lyrics that I always always end up really being on the albums are the ones that are sort of discovered almost, I wouldn't say accidents the right word, but they sort of are inspired by a place which isn't your mind. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, obviously I know it all comes from there, but like, <laughs> it, it, it sounds cliche, but it is the closest, I guess, way is the sort of heart rather than the mind. It's got to come from there. Yeah. Um, do you think you can tell if you if you're watching a musician if they've written a song that they've they've just written it because they think it's what people want to hear? Yeah, I mean the amount of fucking dross. Yeah, do you feel like that? With the music <laughs> yeah, I mean the huge. Not, I wouldn't say music at the moment. I think just music in general. Yeah. I often 
you know, like, I know pretty quickly whether I like it or not. And sometimes... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but then again, you know, I listen, I just listened to this playlist on Apple Music, which was, it's called like the A-list in alternative or something. It's like yeah. a playlist they do on it. And I, I was on the tube and I was listening. And it's like, it's such, such great songs on there. And it's like, I don't know. Um, but for me, I don't know about other people, but like for me, I know that my best stuff comes when I stop thinking about it. Yeah. Which is very, which I always think is the hardest thing about my job. It's because I can't, there's something very sort of, there's a wonderful security and I'm very jealous of that people have their work and they're able to know that if they work really hard at this thing, they see results. But the weirdest thing about songwriting is, is it's about putting yourself in a place which isn't necessarily just working really hard. It's about putting yourself in a place where you're able to access this place in you that isn't really consciousness. It's it's something that is, yeah. is uh, almost like meditative or... Uh, it all sounds very ethereal, like just listening to myself talking about it, but like, I, it's not. It's like, it, it has to be almost second nature and it, and it I have to completely forget that what I'm trying to of what I'm trying to achieve yeah but I presume that that's a sort of process that can take a, a long time yeah. yeah yeah it can be incredibly frustrating yeah um, is it one of those things where because not you know from from writing stand-up it's one of those things where you like I'll sort I'll get up in the morning and I'll, I'll sit down and go right I'm going to try and write for yeah for four hours or whatever yeah and some days it's just, you know, you have loads of stuff and some days you sit there yeah, with nothing. I know. Do you, have, do you have the same thing? Yeah, totally the same thing. And it's interesting, actually, like, recently, I've been, or the past six months, alongside making the album, I've been, I've been writing. I mean, I won't really go into it, but I've been writing, pro, like, prose. Yeah. And, and um, which has been really interesting, because, and when I first started doing it, I was like, it's, I was, I was like, it's wonderful, because I'm not just, it's 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 much more real because I have to be mm. in front of this laptop and I write and I have to. It's a little bit more intellectual, but yeah. then even now having done it for six months, I realise that it's exactly the same in some ways. I still mm. those great fr- phrases and prose that I I like comes from the same place as the songwriting. It comes from right, yeah. somewhere that's like yeah. you're not quite ah oh, it's like you're not quite sure how how that came about, but I like it. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's sort of weird. It's like, if, I, I don't know if, like, scientifically creating ever, anything, I think is always, mm. I know some people do it, and they do it to great success as well. Well, I'm just interested to talk to people about, because I think it's fascinating how people write things. And I, is there like a, would you say there's like a time of day that's better, or? A... No, and I used to be so obsessed with all of that stuff, like, I used to be so obsessed with the sort of the environment yeah. because then I, because I obviously wanted to try and control it. Yeah. So if I, I jot down, you know, it's like, so I wrote a good song. Yeah. You know, it was Tuesday and it was 10 PM and I, yeah. I drank two teas that day <laughs> yeah. and I'd been for a run that morning and uh, I'd listened to a load of music. So therefore if I do that again, yeah, 
I might be able to... Um, yeah, you know, I think that might be where madness lies, though. Yeah, People are like, I know. I know, and it's weird, because I... I but And so I, I've been through years of thinking that it was these sort of superficial things that put me in the place, but it's completely uncontrollable. Mm. It's like, it can happen when I feel most sort of... Uh, Uninspired. I think the one thing that I do, that I do certainly, I have certainly noticed is that the more I consume, the more I've managed to. Yeah, write. yeah, yeah, definitely. Like the more. In terms of like books and yeah, films and like anything, like doesn't have to be music. It could be like, just putting yourself in a place where you're absorbing, like culture. culture. Yeah, and whether that also be like. Even just like being with friends or yes, just doing normal things. Yeah, like yeah. like going to an art gallery or going to the cinema or watching a band, seeing a, an old friend. Like like for and I'm still guilty of this. Many years, I I'm, I I I sort of shut myself away and lock the door and spend thirteen hours writing and can do that for a week and end up with nothing and then. So you do you think over the years it's changed how that's what well, you used to do? I'm certainly I'm I'm more open now to trying to do stuff as well. Yeah. Within you know and I try to read and I have always done that, but because I remember you saying um, that you went I don't know if it was after the first album that you that you rented a flat in New York. Yeah. Was that is that an example of you just completely on your own? Yeah, it was like it was partly sort of circumstantial that because I was doing shows out there, but yeah. um, that was great because I really got involved in the sort of um, like I enjoyed being in New York and yeah, I remember like like there was some it actually was like saw a lot of I, whenever I've stayed in New York, I've always ended up seeing lots of other British people because mm. British people seem to congregate in New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I met lots of great people like I remember actually I, I, one night me and a friend we were in a bar and we met Stephen Fry we ended up yeah. going for dinner with Stephen Fry and he told me all these stories and oh, wow. and and went to see him and he was doing some play it was a Shakespeare play and so we and it was great it was like and there was and then I met a couple of other musicians and there was this wonderful sort of sharing of uh yeah, um, music and art and stuff that was going on. Yeah, so it was really good. And that and that helped you with the writing when you were out there. Yeah, because it's just sort of busy and like. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when I'm in London, I just sh- I shut the door and just it's it's just never productive. Do you feel like when you're in London, there's too many, um, or or just at home, there's too many, like distractions of people you could see and, but where if you're just on your own in a, somewhere you don't yeah know, maybe it's a bit yeah easier to work. But I don't know, I think I may be saying the opposite of that. Like, I actually think I should see more people yeah. in London. <laughs> yeah. like, I, 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 think I, I think I'm quite sort of... Or new people, and, and you know, and, and yeah. meet new people. And, and uh, yeah, I think I'm probably not the most sort of like... I have like a really close group of friends, but I don't have loads of friends. Yeah. I've never been... Do you like, think that comes as a result of um, 
being so busy for the last few years and or I'd, do you think that's I'd like to say it was yeah or do you think that's what you've always been like not a very nice person <laughs> 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 um, and no one wants to hang out with me uh, yeah. no I mean <laughs> I don't know no I don't I don't think I just don't think I I just don't think I enjoy conversation as much when it's in, <laughs> uh, no no when it's in when it's in big groups I like yeah, I, yeah. I prefer it when it's sort of more one on one yeah I'm a tennis player I'm not a football player that's a good analogy yeah that's what a lot of comedians are like I think you sound like a comedian yeah I think because I think people are constantly disappointed when they meet comedians well because they're quite awkward and can't really handle a like close conversation but talking yeah. to 3,000 people is fine well I think but, it's it's a similar thing isn't it it's yeah. like there's a reason we all got into this yeah and it it, it wasn't because you know if we'd all been the most sort of like uh, confident like affable sort of easy going people in our school lives yeah you know why would there have been a drive to go on stage there's no need to do it is there's there? no need to do it like yeah. it comes from some sort of insecurity and maybe being slight feeling slightly uncomfortable within your skin and i i certainly can you know say that you know i if i'd been a popular kid at you know i mean i don't think i was unpopular at school but like yeah. if i'd been that sort of like jock you know like you know head of the football team or whatever and yeah. and you know getting all the girls and uh you know going back to my you know if my parents had been really wealthy and and everything had just been there yeah i don't think what that you wouldn't be doing this now no i don't there's certainly there's just been no reason to do it but what would you write about there'd be nothing interesting to write about would there no so it makes me think that of that we don't become we weren't born to do this yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, we yeah we, we became it i guess yeah um because because when i noticed there's a because I've watched back some of your old um, performances from when you were, I don't know how old, I'm guessing you were 20, 21, right. when you first sort of started to do TV. Yeah, pro- uh, yeah probably, uh, what is it? So it's like 2012, 2013. So yeah, like 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you compare it to like the, show, the shows that I've been to watch recently... You're much more confident. Yeah, cocky, than, uh, cocky little shit. But I like it. I, it's great. Like you, because there was a there was a bit in the Brixton show where you stand on the piano. Right. And I was like, this is this is like a, almost a completely different guy to the one. Yeah. Who I who I saw like five years ago when he yeah. started. Do you feel that? Do you feel a lot more confident? And well, yeah, because I think there's just I I I always I always think like it's weird how you know. For, particularly for young artists, like, we're judged so heavily on our first pieces of work. Yeah. But it's like, you're 21 years old, like, it's like judging a doctor, you know, on their first year of medical school. It's like, yeah. like it's, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. it's like, there's so much, like, sort of growth that you hope will happen. Of and, course, and, yeah. and, and, I think it would be a bad thing if you were exactly the same. Yeah. You want to change. But it's mad how, particularly in music, you're judged so heavily on that yeah. first bit of work. Yeah. As if it's your sort of, 
what is it called magnum opus or whatever it's, it's your defining piece of work it's yeah. like I think I think I mean I think that that is one of the I think quite brutal things about the music industry now is you are judged so heavily on your first yeah. piece of work like, whereas maybe in the 70s there was a little bit more sort of awareness of you're going to yeah. make multiple records and yeah, because um, like, do you think do you feel like the industry is obsessed with like newness and people who are, who's new and who's coming out as opposed to people who've perhaps been doing it for ten years who have suddenly become really good? Yeah, I guess it's 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 always it's interesting. Yeah, I guess there is that. I mean, is there is that in comedy? Definitely, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a weird obsession with. I guess it's good in some ways, though. Because well, I mean, I've certainly benefited from yeah, it. Yeah, so, so and I benefited from it yeah. as well. And then I guess now we're the two bitter. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> why am I the new kid on the block anymore? <laughs> it is weird that because I because I, I started when I was sixteen. So for ages I had that like, oh, this guy's so young, and anything I would do, I'd always be introduced as like the frighteningly young or yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and it's sort of starting to. Even though I'm only twenty one, it's, it's starting to change now. Yeah. And there's people coming in who are newer, and it's quite strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird... I think it's a weird obsession to have. I yeah. don't think it's the same in America. No. I think they're a bit more... I think you can have been going for 15 years and been okay and suddenly become really good and yeah. then become really famous. Well, I always think about it in the sort of... Like, you know, in the 70s, you are like Bruce Springsteen, you put out two albums yeah. that most people didn't hear it was only his third album where you had yeah. sort of you know I, I don't I genuinely don't know if that would happen anymore no like same with Elton John it's like you know his first album wasn't the big one yeah it was like the second and it's like and I think I, I can't I, I can't imagine I, I think it, it can happen now but I I think the 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 sort of the environment's a lot less forgiving of that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, whatever. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was when because you were you had like such massive success at such a young age. Was that because you seem remarkably well rounded for someone who yeah, but I experienced was, so much fame at such a young age. But I, I never. I constantly have felt. Genuinely, I've constantly felt relatively unsuccessful. Um, Do you think that's a, an English thing? <laughs> no, I, I think... I think... I'm very content with where I'm at. But, yeah. But I don't... I sort of like... Because I, I, I straddle... And very proudly... But mm. I proudly straddle that, that narrow road, which is neither sort of really alternative yeah. uh, that sort of 10,000 people here mm. and sort of Ed Sheeran who's one of the biggest stars in the world and like I've sort of always wanted what well, I've always found myself in that that lane which I think is very sort of fertile ground for creativity yeah. because I think I'm not making 15 minute avant-garde pieces uh, because I've never been particularly interested in that because I, I, I'm obsessed with songwriting yeah but 
I also don't have any desires to be the biggest pop star in the world and never yeah. have. Yeah. But so I'm so I'm in this lane where I'm judged against both of them. Yeah. And neither am I winning it either. <laughs> so so uh but I like it, but it 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 leads it, it leads you to live I think actually I think it's a really good thing mm. where you, I, I don't feel, well, I don't feel unsuccessful. I don't feel like I've, I've won. I don't think I've won anything. I don't think, I feel like I constantly have to graft and I, and I get up every day and I, I feel so don't passionate. Feel no. And I, yeah. I, I don't feel like I'm, co- I'm constantly looking towards that, that next song. And, and I would, I think I would be, and I genuinely mean this, that I would feel quite uncomfortable anywhere else. I wouldn't want to feel uh, the success of um, sort of world domination or anything like that. Do you think you would not enjoy that? No, because I just don't, I don't know what, I think my ambitions would be blurred yeah. as to what I'm doing. I, I, I have very simple ambitions and those are to do great shows and to write good songs, but... yeah. Uh, I feel like there would be so many other factors that would come in with that sort of global yeah. domination, and, uh, and I genuinely, I genuinely never, never got into it for that either. Like I was just constantly surprised at each sort of, you know, nugget of success that I got. I'd never expected it, and. So you weren't sort of coming in at nineteen, going, "I want to be no. the biggest star in the world." No, I was, I was, I was content. I started when I was nineteen. I was playing piano in people's bands, yeah. and that was just like fucking bananas to me. I was like, "What yeah. the hell am I doing?" Yeah, like this is mad. Like I remember being, I was at this Green Man Festival in yeah. Wales, and I was playing. It was the first festival I'd ever been to. And I was, just, you know, as a performer, and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like nineteen, playing at a festival, and it's like I had a, an artist wristband, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I was genuinely just blown away by the fact that I, I'd been given that opportunity, and, and so it was never. I was never one sort of singing in front of the mirror into a hairbrush. I feel like that's quite a healthy um, way to be, though. That you you don't ever feel like you've made it or you've done it or. Because you'll you'll constantly be pushing yourself. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the day that you s- you feel like you've achieved, it's quite a dangerous. I think. Yeah, like what? Particularly I don't know. because you're so young. What happens then? Yeah, what, I know. What do you do for the rest well, of I your life? I guess you just do something else, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Would you ever consider that or? No, I I I I I like writing. Yeah. So whatever that is. So you might you would consider maybe taking a more behind the scenes. Yeah, I I I, I like that. But right now I really like doing what yeah. I'm doing. But um, you know, I also realise it's not you know there's there's nothing more undignified than a sort of you know forty two year old you know dancing around a stage with <laughs> you know on top of the pops yeah, yeah. like he's twenty one. Yeah. Know, I I I you don't want to be that guy. No, I think I think as the years pass, my music will become more and more I'd, subdued. I'd really like to see you do exactly the same thing in fifty years, standing <laughs> on pianos. Well, it's just like I think there's there isn't there isn't. A, but then again, you know, you, 
like I mentioned Bruce Springsteen, you see him and it's like, you know, but yeah. I think there's... But he's I, in shape, isn't he? I think that's the difference. Yeah, and, and also that's, it's, 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 there's, such a, <laughs> there's such integrity to it, you know, yeah. like his music. And I think, I think more like, you know, I'd hate to be, you know, doing some real sort of pop music when I was like, yeah. you know, getting older, I think it'd be a bit, it's a young man's game. For a person who 21, had like, you know, come from a relatively normal background. Yeah. And was obsessed with music. Yeah. And then to start, and then within a year win a Brit Award. Mm. Did that must have just been like, did your? How did you exciting. handle that? That must have just been too much to. Yeah, it was, it was really, it was really exciting. I can't really remember how I felt about it, but it was very exciting. It was like. Is it a bit of a blur in your head? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, 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 it's funny, I, I have my sort of, you know, iCal you know, yeah. uh, on my laptop and yeah. it's still got that time. Yeah. And, and it's like, good. and it's like, I sort of just, I think, I mean, I looked at it, there's like, there's, I mean, I, I, I worked every day, mm. which is not, you know, it's funny because like, once you start doing that, you get on this sort of weird adrenaline rush where you suddenly, you know, a lot of these people, you know, like working like fashion stuff, you know, like they, you, you meet them and they, and they take great pride in telling you, you know, that they haven't had a day off for sort of two months. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, and you know, everyone in these big cities, they go, oh, wow, well done, well done. Like, that's yeah. really good. And you're like, but actually like doing it now, like, I, now like, I don't know if that is something to be sort of, is that really good to just not, you know, not have a day <laughs> off for a year uh, or two months? Like, why do we applaud this sort of like level of productivity that, that kills us it's weird it's like because I find myself or found myself very drawn to that and once you get on it you become fearful of a day off because you're like yeah suddenly you're presented with this great abyss (laughs) of like I have to be you know I have to be alone with my thoughts yeah presume I don't obviously don't know but presumably do you have like a a year when you're working every day and then you might have what quite a few months off or I try to space it a bit more now, so it's like just a bit more. Like, I used to be really fearful of days off after that. It was that first year I was really. I just wanted to be constantly working. Yeah. I think it's just almost like escapism, and and then it was really. I all I remember is we've been really hard when it, when it sort of we finished. Yeah. I'd sort of like. I sort of remained living out of my suitcase. Yeah. Even though I was at home. Yeah. Because I couldn't quite face the sort of <laughs> the reality of like Did you did you carry on somewhere. like when you had time off would are you one of those people who goes, Right, I can't wait to be at home for two months or will you go will you keep travelling and No, I, I and actually even now like I I really like travelling. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I So even in time off you'll Yeah, I like to and... go and see places, yeah. Yeah. But it's actually it's funny, like the past couple of years I've been a bit more like, I enjoy being at home a bit more. Yeah, getting uh, older. I'm an old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, how heavy do you work? Is it like... Well, I, I don't know, I think I'm maybe going through what you were saying about when you look back at your diary and it was every day. Yeah. I feel like I'm going through that. Right. But yeah. I like it. Like you said, it's a, yeah. it's a, it is a weird, like, um, you get addicted to it. And I then think, and then I pan I I do exactly what you just said I do panic if I don't have a lot going on. But it's weird. I think we now I think this sort of like 
I think this sort of like, particularly living in cities, you know, we live in this like, we're, we're, we're in this sort of hyper-capitalist world right now and it's like, it's all about like, earning loads of money and, and uh, you know, having hit songs or hit shows and, and it, it's strange because actually being really busy and being super busy and never having a day off, it's like, I've now realised that it's not necessarily, it's def- I'm not at my best. <laughs> yeah. Like if I come up with good stuff when I have a bit of time. Do you know what I find the other thing? I don't know if you, but when, if you're, if you're constantly doing loads of things and you're like doing gigs all over the place and you're just travelling or whatever, it, you, you don't really have memories of things. It all just no. becomes one big. Yeah. So like, Bar. If you yeah, it sort of does. It just becomes one massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't remember what if what you were doing last week because it, you've done so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I almost feel like it for the benefit of like actually enjoying things and remembering things. Yeah. It's quite good to like space it out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because I just think you can. I don't know. Like last year was so busy. I don't really. Obviously, I remember it, but. Yeah. In my head, it's just like some whirlwind. You're just constantly out on tour. Yeah, just for the whole... Well, the first half of the year, I was with Jack White. Right. And that was just like, you know, every day. Yeah. And it was amazing, obviously. But when I think about it now, I don't... Nothing really sticks out in my head from it. And do you... When you tour, do you... Do you go... Do you have, like, a tour manager? Yeah, yeah. And and he drives you around. Yeah. And then you stay in like various hotels. Yeah, I guess I guess it's a lot smaller crew than it would be on on your tour because we don't have any. Yeah, any yeah. Production or. Yeah, but, but and so, you and you and it's mainly England right, or UK. Yeah, the UK. Yeah. 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 I mean, people do do shows, in you know you can go to countries where they speak English. Yeah, or you're, you're like Eddie Izzard who does it in different languages. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You can go to like um, Nigeria or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you can go like to, like the Scandinavia, for example, is like amazing for comedy because mm. they speak Good like English. arguably better English than we do. Yeah. So that's amazing. And Australia and America, and so you can travel a lot. but yeah. I don't think it's as much as you could. And the music's quite. I think. I think these. I mean, certainly. With the internet now, I think it's. I do probably sixty percent of, touring. 70% touring out of England. Yeah. And then the last place is in England. Do you prefer performing in it? Do you like performing in the UK or do you prefer... Yeah, it always has a... I think because it's home, it sort of like has a certain bit more sort of significance to it. Uh, and you also often know pe- a few more people in the audience, which always adds a few yeah. nerves to it, you know? Were there, were there, I'm not sure if this is true. I think I remember you saying that you supported Billy Joel. Yeah. Was that in New York, Madison Square Garden? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like mental, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it was, it was so is he, fun. Is he one of your, would you cite him as one of your Yeah, hugely, idols? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm, it's funny because, I, you know, lots lots of people sort of sniff at it, but it's like, because he's quite known for sort of uptown girl and stuff, but I think particularly in this country, I mean, he's a hero. Well, he's a hero everywhere, but like, yeah, he's a hu- huge influence. Like, I, I love, you know, The Strangers. One yeah. of my favourite albums. How did that support thing come about? Did he hear your music? Yeah, he just got, they just got in touch. That's yeah. mad, isn't he, it? He never had a support act in his entire That's career. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, and I was so... I, it, was, and I, and it was nice. I really would, I, I, I really had the chance to get to know him as well. Like we'd, 
Yeah. He was he's a smoker as well, so we'd have a cigarette in his dressing room yeah. before the sh- his show. Yeah. Each evening, and I'd ask him. I just chewed his ear off about songwriting. Yeah. Uh, but he's quite funny because he told me, you know, and he says this in interviews as well. But it's like he's you know he, and I sort of I can can relate to it to some degree, not quite to the extremity that he says it, but yeah, he finds writing like excruciatingly painful. Yeah. It's like sort of giving birth <laughs> or something like. And I sort of get what he means. It's like, it, it is weird. It's like, it's, I see it as like the, the bit of what I do is the real work. Like I love it. And the, the feeling of finishing something I love is, is, is like no other feeling, but it, mm. it is, it, it's, it's the work bit. Everything else feels like. Do you feel like when you do like, shows and that, do you, it's just so, enjoyable. <laughs> so when you have done like a really great show or, do you feel, at the end of it, do you feel like a sense of achievement or is it sort of... Uh... I don't feel... I don't feel as much achievement as when I write a good song. Yeah. I sleep really well when I've written, good, written a good song. Yeah. Like, shows are more sort of like... so enjoyable, but... Um, it doesn't feel like work. I, d- I don't... I don't come away going... You know, that sense that I've done something yeah worthwhile <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you write with somebody when you're writing your stuff no I have done in the past but not right. not generally because no. a lot of comedians like have a guy don't they that sort yeah of do it with and I have in the past like what I'll do is I'll it's not necessarily writing but I'll get someone who I trust to come and watch if I'm doing like a one hour um, right. preview where it's all yeah. the material. I'll get them to come and watch and then give me notes afterwards I right. find that really useful Yeah. but sitting in a room and sort of writing with someone I've not really done do you do you, are you constantly collecting sort of imagery and uh, yeah well I just of... make notes on my phone like if I think of something funny or I see something right. I'll just but that's I mean that's even more to what you were saying earlier that you can't create that in a vacuum. No, no. You have to be out doing things in order yeah, to... Yeah, 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 to see Like, it. see funny... Mm. You know, you, you can't sit in your room. Nothing no. funny happens in your bedroom. Nothing does, no. So you have to go out Very and... Very few things. Yeah, a few funny things happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you do have to go and, like, experience things and... So, yeah. I actually... I sort of... Look, I, I've been... I'm about to start doing this tour with Kevin Bridges. I really like Kevin Bridges. He's amazing. Yeah, I like it. It's just so so dry, isn't it? Yeah, he's great. Um, You'll have to come to the London show. I'd love to. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. great. But um, he was saying exactly the same thing about he just sort of tries to take in as much. Mm. He'll watch films and read books and read the newspaper and go for walks and he'll just deliberately make himself sort of take in things yeah 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 because he finds that's the only way he can keep his brain active and that uh, I found that really helpful advice I, I, complete, I completely agree I think I think it's weird because like I think like you know I was saying when you came in like because the band and I and the guys we tour with like the crew we're really obsessed with comedy and always have been particularly my guitarist is one of my closest friends Max is a huge fan of comedy. Um, yeah. 
he, I mean, he can recount every line of The Office. He yeah. can literally do... <laughs> he can do The Office from... There are lots of people like that. I know yeah. a few people who can do that. Yeah, just like every line. Yeah. He knows the scripts. It's like mad. But it's interesting because I think, you know, he's a songwriter as well. It's like, I think, you know, and I'm very into sort of like, I love like, I mean, Kirby Enthusiasm is like one of my favourite shows. Yeah. And, um, I, I also love like, Peep Show is one of my favourite. Oh, yeah. Like, I grew up watching that. I've just, and been watch, I've just watched that whole thing, like, that's just again. Yeah. But, you know, and even like with stand-up as well, it's like, I think, I think the thing that I always think is like, there is so much similarities to jokes, to songs. Yeah. Because, like, you're... It's that constant, like... With songwriting, I think you're, 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 you're sort of, like... You're setting... You're setting up something. Yeah. To... to it's, you, you, you're setting something up. You're, you're creating a world mm. in which you can then d- d- deliver... A bit of information, whether it's emotional or yeah, and it's like I, I when I, I think when I watch comedy, I always, I I'm always fascinated by the sort of craft of it, you know, like the way, because um, I think there's there's great similarities between writing. I don't know because I I just feel like I just I to to me writing a song is infinitely more difficult than than like recounting a funny story or. But I, but it's no, I, I don't think it's like it's just different. It's, yeah, but, but but there's but ultimately with a song, you're you're searching for a sort of like emotional payoff, yeah. Whereas with a joke, you're you're searching for sort of a comedic payoff, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the, it's always a payoff, I guess so, yeah. It's always, I guess. Well, we were saying earlier that loads of my friends who are comedians are obsessed with music and and if you were to ask them if they would rather be a comedian or a musician they would say musician right well actually I wouldn't rather be a comedian yeah <laughs> <laughs> like as much so yeah um, but it's weird there is that particularly I don't know if it comes back the other way but particularly from comedy towards music I do, yeah. I do think there's yeah there's that um, but I remember because I did I did this well I think I did a few of them like um I got to know Michael McIntyre through this lunch or something. Yeah. And he was a really nice chap. And he said, will you come down and do... I think it was Michael McIntyre. Will you come down and do... He was doing this sort of big thing at Hammersmith. And he had all these comedians come down. And they each, yeah. And there was like... I think Jack Whitehall was there. and Yeah. Um, like... I can't remember who else. There was actually a guy that lives around here who I always see... <laughs> I always nod to him, never nods back. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, he's sort of small. He's really funny. Small. Uh, Josh. Um, oh, Whitaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny. He doesn't nod back. Yeah, I always nod to him, never nods back. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell him. Yeah, I always get. I'm always, ah, oh, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, and, and, but, but I remember, because I, and, Michael asked me to, I think it was Michael Matter, but he asked me to play at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, and it was raising money, I think, for something. And uh, so I got to stand on the wings of the stage and watch all the comedians. Yeah. You know, before they went on and then when they won, went on. I was so 
it was sort of my first sort of experience around com- comedians and the thing that blew my mind was like how serious they were <laughs> before they went on stage you know much yeah. like a musician is before they go on stage you know very sort of like yeah. trying to get into that headspace like you know but it was like a load of them it, yeah it, it was big comedians in this wings and they and I'm sure you've been in this situation many times but you know everyone was pacing yeah there's a lot of pacing going on yeah and sort of you know it's weird how people deal. Different people deal with that. Yeah. Because some people, I I definitely know some people who are, like, who will be like making jokes and really loud, like seconds before they go on, and right. they almost just carry it on. They're the same person. Yeah. But some people, it's like, I mean, I can't really. If someone tries to have a conversation with me just before I'm about to go on it, I don't. Yeah. I can't yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. And what about afterwards? Afterwards is fine. Right. But do you I feel, feel like a re- you're like on a rush for hours. Yeah, afterwards. yeah, yeah. But before, you know, like I've been in the wings before, and and the this is this is gonna make me sound really deaverish, but like the technician will be there, right? And they'll just go like, oh, start talking about comedy, or yeah, oh, do you yeah. know who I find really funny, or you should yeah. here's a joke for you or something. Oh and god, I, and I can't <laughs> handle it, and I'm just like, and okay. I must look like such a rude prick because <laughs> I just sort of go, I just I just don't say anything. Do you do you find is you know, like, uh, with, like, for example, like, with an inventor, right? Yeah. Like, if you're a professional inventor, I yeah. kind of got this from Curb, but, like, yeah. if you're a professional inventor, it's one of those jobs that, like, everyone thinks they're an inventor. Like, yeah. I guess the thing with music is you have this wonderful sort of, like, uh, divide <laughs> yeah. between you and everyone else because you're, like, because you play an instrument and it's, like, taking you many years to learn that instrument. Yeah. Uh, and so... Most of the time, sometimes you get it, but most of the time, people are sort of like, they never come up to you and go, oh, I've got a song if you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've got a really good song. idea for a melody, Yeah, you know, if, if you fancy singing it. Because I, I know if they did, I'd find that, I'd find that really infuriating because it mm. sort of diminished what I do. But do you find, because comedians, like, I guess in some ways it's one of those, like an inventor or, a, uh, I don't know, like a, whatever like one of those jobs that anyone thinks that everyone thinks they can kind of do I think so do, do people sort of do they ever do that like come up to you and go you know oh, like I time. had this funny situation yeah, yesterday all the time and and it's like maybe you should you know do you want to take this it's a bit of a nightmare to be honest yeah I think I had a really weird one the other day where this guy I was in Liverpool and I was doing this university gig right and this guy came up to me afterwards and um, he was like Oh, well, I do stand up, and that like I've, I'm used to people saying that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's great. Like we we're chatting about that, and then he goes, um, I'd really love to get your uh, opinion on it. And he got he took his phone out and started playing a video. Right. And and holding it so I could watch it, and it and I looked, you know, and you can see how long the YouTube, and it was like eight minutes. Or <laughs> and I was trying to think, how can I not? What yeah. excuse can I give that doesn't mean I have to stand in for eight minutes? I know. Yeah, and it, and it, I just send you something near the toilet. Or yeah, and it's like I just it's really difficult because, I mean, I um, obviously, you know, if people want to do stand up, that's great, and I'll, what? But I don't. You you you're conscious of coming across like a dick the whole yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is one of those weird things where people um, are obsessed with asking you about it and telling you. It's got to the stage now where if I'm in a taxi or something, I won't. If they ask what I do, I just I won't say I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's just too much. Um, not hassle, but 
It's the, it'll be the same like three questions. The other one is the is the app. I have a friend that makes apps. Yeah. That's the other one that I think would get really. I mean, my friend told me it gets really annoying. It's like, oh, I make apps, and then you know, the sort of black cab driver goes, you know, I've ha- I've got a really yeah. fucking good. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. got this brilliant idea for an app. Yeah. And they're like, you no, know, but I do it as a job, but yeah, because you know everyone has their <laughs> their idea. What what I find <laughs> is taxi, like taxi drivers are obsessed with like telling me. About who they comedians picked up. they've picked up. Yeah, who yeah. weren't very nice. Well, I always get around here, and it's always Josh Widdicom they picked up. <laughs> <laughs> How many cabs does guy's like get? There's a lot of beef between you and Josh Widdicombe. <laughs> no, I, 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 the thing is, I used to, he used to do a radio show, and I used to listen to it. I'm actually like a real big fan. Yeah. And like, uh, he, I think he used to do a show on like XFM or something. XFM, yeah. Yeah, I used to listen to it. I really, used to really enjoy it. Do people say when you get in taxis? Do they what? What are the sort of things people say? Well, to you? like you, I always avoid it. I yeah. just like, but no, mo- most of the time you get that sort of um, that Notting Hill vibe, where yeah. it's like, um, oh, you know, I, I have a lot of admiration for you because it must be bloody hard out there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it's it's, um, and then and then it's like their cousin was the. The my cousin was the 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 tech for, uh, was George Michael's cat sitter. Yeah. Uh, or, <laughs> and then and then like George Michael and then they'll recount the story and, you know, isn't it sad and you know it's and and, and then it goes or yeah. or you get the who they who they picked up before and it'll be some like, you know, and it might be someone you know and then you just know that if. And then you go, oh, I know them, and they just ignore you. <laughs> you, <just keep> <laughs> you go, I know them. I went for dinner with them last night. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out of my car. <laughs> like, Do you remember if they don't, if they don't sort of recognise you, and they sort of go, oh, it must, oh, I feel for you because it must be really tough. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you play along with that? And oh like, yeah, of course. Like <laughs> you don't go, oh, I've actually. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, a bit. I'm actually doing really well. Yeah, but even, <laughs> I think I think I think I I I did it once, and then you don't and carry he did, the Brit Award, and, really. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I would fear for my uh, <laughs> reputation. I think you should. Do you do do a lot of comedians when they do a tour? Yeah, are they doing exactly the same thing every night? Um, I mean, it really depends who you talk to. Right. I think some people really like having a. A show and they they almost perform it like a play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when I did Jack's tour, I think he he quite likes really nailing yeah, the yeah, show yeah. and every nuance of it. Yeah. And then just doing it the same every night. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Whereas I I don't I quite enjoy um, uh, just moments where you have those key. Yeah, and like, like yeah. I sort of build in moments where I'm like, well. I, I'm gonna at this point. I'll I'll talk to someone in the audience, and that yeah. can, and that can go anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I, I do. Th- I do think I'm one of those people who would get really bored if it was just exactly the same every night. Yeah, but then it it can work against it can, you. It can work both ways. Can't it? Sometimes you get an audience who aren't up for it for whatever reason. They're just not. It's a Tuesday night, and they're not that loud. Yeah. Or yeah, and they can be really tough if you're. If there's a section of your show that's reliant on yeah, for sure. like back and forth, yeah, that can yeah, be really yeah. tough. Yeah, I if they're imagine. not, if they're not, um, they might be enjoying it, but they're just not interested in being involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
particularly older audiences are like that. Right. Um, so that I can, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like that with, with music where some, you, if, if an audience is giving you more energy, you, you perform oh, yeah, much yeah, more? Yeah, 100%. But do you try and, if the audience are quite quiet, do you try and have the same energy you would if they were like screaming? No, or? I think you adjust slightly and, and often I'll change, if, you know, we've done shows where we've expected a big, yeah, uh, energy from the audience yeah. and then you go out and it's, it's not there yeah like you I think it's important to adjust the show as you're going along because otherwise you leave disappointed because mm-hmm. if they're a quiet audience you either have to grow it very gradually to get it out of them but you're not going to get it out of them immediately yeah and so if you expect that you go away disappointed whereas we try and adjust the show if that is the case and do slightly more intimate moments which you feel like they might be there for yeah. and uh, and and then grow it the tension yeah. rather than whereas sometimes but then there's the opposite is like when we've played sometimes and it doesn't this doesn't happen very often but sometimes you play and it's like and it's like they're too far in the opposite direction where they're just really noisy and really, like, screamy. Mm. But, like, it's quite often with very young audiences, but they're not really listening. Yeah. And you're sort of like... Yeah, you just... Like, you could literally just <laughs> fuck, you know... You could see anything. Yeah. And 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 so and, and so those moments, you, you I've walked away from those kind of gigs where you feel a bit, like you haven't really been given the opportunity to perform. Um, are there gigs that stand out from, from your whole career? Are there anything, any gigs you can think of that stand out as like your favourite performances? The, the, the ones that I think are always the best are the ones when they're a little bit tough. Mm. The audience are a little bit tough yeah. at the beginning. but By the end. But by the end, yeah. they are... Uh, in a place where you've got them completely round your little finger. Yeah. And that, that for me is like, cause you really feel a sense of achievement. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure it's the same in the, in the sense of, is that more, do you find that sometimes at maybe festivals where they've not, where they're there for lots of, they haven't come just to see you. They're there for lots yeah, of. Yeah. You, you get that a bit more, but then at festivals, it's so this sort of openness. It can be, you often struggle a little bit to get that intimacy. Yeah. Um, that you can get in a tent or in a uh, theatre or in a theatre but the um, but I think those shows where you have to work for it a little bit like yeah I know what you mean by that when, you, when you're made to work for it enough that you know you can obtain it and then you, when you achieve that I think that's always the most satisfying I, I've had that a lot with because um, most of my like career ups now has been opening for people yeah. and that I find that a lot. I don't know if you had it when you opened for people, yeah, but yeah. when you go out at the beginning and people are a bit cold and a bit yeah. like, we haven't paid to see who's this person. Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, you've you feel like you've like won them round. Yeah, they, I they mean, actually really like you. And that, and actually, weirdly, like, because I did a lot of opening up, and still, still do, you know, festivals and stuff like that. Um, but like, that is the great joy of supporting people yeah is you is you you're you you 
you're never going to let people down. Yeah. You've, you've got nothing to lose. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Their expectations are already... Yeah, their expectations are zero. So yeah. you've just got... You've got an opportunity just to prove yourself. And it's sometimes like... That's a much better place to be in than to yeah than people that have really high expectations. high expectations and then you don't maybe meet exactly what they wanted to hear yeah, yeah. which is weird because actually that's was the difference between making my first record and the second record did you feel that pressure in the second it was like just even in through the people I work with with the label and stuff like that like the difference between the first and the second is the first people had zero expectations yeah and so were just it was always, they were impressed. If they liked it, yeah. it was like, they they liked it, like, wow, they're, they're really impressed. And whereas... <laughs> but if they didn't, they weren't disappointed or... Yeah, but if they didn't, they're like, well, you know, we didn't expect anything anyway. Yeah. But like, this, <laughs> but this, this, the second one is like, and this is, and this is from, you know, from the release of it to also sort of the making of it. It's like, you know, it's like people aren't looking to be impressed. They're looking to sort of, go, that's not as good as the first one. And you f- do you feel a bit of safety in the sense that, like, the the fans that you have uh, will come to the shows but and they do, will... But, you, but what's weird is you, like, you never know that. What, you, f- you feel like they might not like I'd, it? I, like, I, I, like I, I, I hope they would. Yeah. But I guess the weird thing about any creative job is you, yeah. if you're... A, painter to a a book writer or anything like you never know and so like you never know if people are going to come to your next tour and you never know if they're going to buy your next album it's like even if you're and it's funny because I have friends you know like you know artists who you know sort of sort of that haven't had much success and who are really successful yeah much 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 more successful than I am and it's funny, the thing that runs through it all is that insecurity of their next piece of work. Is it? Ne- I don't think it ever changes. No. It's like it, you still don't know like if people are going to like it. And you, it, it's never guaranteed. I remember actually doing... Um, when I was like um, 19, I did this support for Michael McIntyre. Right. And I, I'd never met him before. And it was at this tiny theatre in Islington, the Pleasance. And... Um, it was one of his warm-ups for he was about to go out and do like a massive arena tour. And um I remember going into his dressing room to say hello. And he w- and he had loads of paper and he was like really f- sort of looked nervous. Yeah, he was really yeah, yeah. like sweating over this paper. Yeah. And I remember him talking to his um tour manager being like, I just I'm just not sure about I just don't know. I'm just I'm just not right. sure about this. Right. And I it was weird, it was the first time I ever <laughs> Because I think up to that point, I sort of thought, well, if if you're at that level, everything's great, yeah, and, no, it, and it's, it's like you're living in this dreamland. But yeah, the the, the pressure only gets more the more yeah, successful I know. that you are. I know, and I I think that's the great illusion of sort of what success might bring. Yeah, is is the, and, and every and I'm going more on just meeting these other artists is just like people that I really admire as well, and it's, they they all have that thing is that yeah. and I guess that's what keeps them going and keeps yeah. them there is that they care and they and then they, they and they don't they don't know it's, and you know like I guess it's it's never I think I think that's I think that's what's the most crazy thing about this job is you genuinely don't know 
that you're going to have this job in a yeah. year's time. Like, <laughs> I think any sort of like arts thing, you don't really know when your time is up. No. You, at some point, you'll just... People, people's careers just end, don't they? But, but I think... And I think that's what sets it apart from so many other jobs. Yeah. Is that... I think there's similarities, you know, in, in careers to other... You know, to being an accountant or what. You know, it's, it's all hard work and whatever. But I think the, the different... To my friends that are not in... You know, who are not artists. I think the great difference that they have is that is that they have way more job security. Yeah. Whereas, like, I think if you do this, like, you, you, you really are just... <laughs> there's, there's zero job security. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you Unless you're like maybe that? Beyonce. But, yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, even if you were... Yeah, but you, even if you're Beyonce, like... You might make an album that everyone hates. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anyone who's, like, immune from... No one's immune. From people judgment. It's weird. Yeah. But I think that's almost what makes it the most exciting. Do you, do you feel like, because I'm really interested in people who have had success about what they say about this, but do you feel like you, that old cliche of, of feeling like you, you don't deserve, you don't, you feel like you almost are about to be found out. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like when, right. I'm, when I'm given opportunities, I feel like I don't, why why have I been given the, I don't feel like I'm particularly a sort of in, imposter yeah. Uh, vibe yeah um, do you ever get that or you know what I'm not saying I, that you that I, you, you know what? I, I can often relate to those I, I actually can't to that not because I think I deserve it but because I can I number one have a very real sense of the minor success I've had and and I've always been able to see it for all its transientness. Like yeah. I don't, I don't feel having a number one album. I was always maybe in that month I lost it a bit, but I've I've always been able to kind of see it for what it is. It's not. Yeah. Like it's not. It's not. In a lot of ways, it changes your life, but in so many ways, it doesn't. Yeah. Like and success to me is. Is is so fickle like it, it, it what what people deem to be successful one month and what they deem unsuccessful the next month it's yeah. so close yeah and so what I mean by that is is that it seems to me that as well my success is very minor so I don't feel but I also don't value you I don't, don't put as much importance on no, it. No, no, I don't, not, so So it doesn't ever make me question whether I deserve it or not. Yeah. I feel I just, I feel I'm deserving of it as my next door neighbour who's also a musician. Yeah. But I think that's probably a very healthy way to think about it. I think so, but maybe it's more of a coping mechanism. Yeah. Uh, rather than a sort of, I don't know, I like, I, I maybe in 2013 maybe I had an unhealthy relationship with it but I don't like I don't know I don't I've met musicians who are who I admire and, and some I you know don't admire so much and I've and this was many years ago I worked out that I don't have the same amount of ambition as yeah. some people that they want it way more than I do yeah um, 
Like they just want it. Like they'll they'll do, do anything. they'll do anything. And yeah. I've never I've never sort of. You're just content with. Uh... I I obviously want to, it, it. It would be sort of wrong for me to say I don't want success. Like I want it, but like I don't want. Like, I don't put success up on this sort of yeah. pedestal that's like that's like more important than anything else yeah like I feel like sometimes people confuse it for like immortality or something yeah like, they confuse it will it make them happiness. In, yeah a happiness like it will solve every one of their problems yeah well that's sort of what what that thing on a much smaller level you know having that me having that experience with um with uh, Michael McIntyre, sort of, I was like, oh, it success isn't happiness because no. he's clearly not that he's unhappy, but he's clearly worried about, you know, this show. And I, yeah. I never, I'd never put those two. I just thought if you were that successful, you that would bring, yeah, 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 that would bring a level of. I think I thought that as well. Yeah, coming into it, you realize there's <laughs> a sort of it doesn't. You know, you still, you still have all the same. We still. Your life at at the bones of it remains the same. Yeah, it's the it's the the surface level that might change slightly, which is maybe you can afford to go to that slightly nicer restaurant on the other side of the street. Yeah, but that doesn't change the conversation or the yeah insecurities or the I don't know. That's what I thought was really interesting about that Jim Carrey thing. Is he said, is he said, um, you know he he did all this stuff like he tells himself he's gonna earned 10 million dollars and he yeah. was in every film he's cr- critically and commercially successful and, yeah and then he was like at the end of it it's like it just felt the same the same yeah um, but it's interesting because I think I have to go in a second but yeah yeah um, but it's been really nice chatting to you um, thanks for coming on but it's really interesting because I think a lot of these conversations that we're you know we're having now I wonder where it comes from because it's like why do people think that in the first place? Why do they think it will change? I think it's because we live in this sort of like, you know, celebrity is almost like replaced religion. Mm. And we're now, with social media even more now, like we, we follow, we have such, it's, it, it's, fame is such a potent part of our, everybody's lives. Yeah. And so it's given this sort of, significance I, I read this thing the other day that um, um, they, they, they did a survey amongst young people and they asked them it was in it was this school and they said what do you want to be when you grow up and 80% of them said famous yeah like they didn't even say singer or no, actor just famous just famous famous adored weird like I can understand I can understand people saying footballer or famous singer yeah or, that's famous. what my generation would have been like yeah. footballer or, or famous for doing something, but just famous. Yeah, just famous. The fame is sort of overtaken the the the, the yeah, because people think it's a shortcut to. But it but it kind of is in some ways now. Like you you know you've got like that. There there is, there is that whole. There is that whole thing is of like people are just famous now. Yeah, it's like. I think it's a lot more like uh, disposable now, isn't it? It's weird to be, do a job where I share, I share a sort of part of my job is sharing a profession with 
people that are just famous. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Like, I mean, very little like reality does. stars and. Yeah, like. Like. But I don't think people. But I I don't think people would ever see you in the same. You're both famous, but I think people would have a lot I more respect. Say, for I don't you. know if I'm famous anymore. <laughs> no, but I, I do. I, as much as we're saying that people like are famous for doing nothing, I still think people have more respect for like Elton yeah. John as compared yeah. to. Well, there's just so much more longevity. Yeah. But. But but it but I do think that thing you're talking about. So like they ask the school, and eighty percent of the people say they want to be famous. I think that says a lot about. Uh, this celebrity and fame it's really yeah a sort of s- slightly I think unhealthy part of, of yeah of uh, I think that um, it's interesting as religion is sort of like I read this book on it it's like the demise of religion or I can't remember what it's called but it's like you know the, the one of the great changes of the last century was yeah. At the beginning of the century, you had, you know, seventy percent of the population of a village would go to church every Sunday. Yeah. And now it's like twenty percent. Yeah. And it's like that change. Yeah. Is is is, I think, I think that has more. Uh, I think that's swayed our cultures a lot because I think people still need to. You know, me too. Like I have that as well. Like you, you need to follow. And, yeah. And be and be inspired, and yeah. I think and and have a sense of community, and I think social media and celebrity might have replaced that that little local church with Father Mark behind the altar. <laughs> I miss Father Mark. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, like you know, I I I think he was. I think. I go as far to say that <laughs> Kim Kardashian has yeah. replaced the new Father Mark. The new Father Mark, or yeah. we used to call him uh, at my school, Marv Fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, I think you might be right. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. weird. Interesting talking to you about it. Thank you so much for coming on. The I'm great really thing about podcasts, you could, you've got so much time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll cut this down. Yeah. No, but, put but the whole thing up. Great. I just put four hours. Yeah, four, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> the extensive, uncut version. No one yeah. in the world wants to listen to you and I yeah. talking for more than... Me and Tom sat down for 12 hours yeah. and we talked about everything. They don't want to hear more than fucking five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> There we go, ladies and gentlemen, Tom O'Dell. That was brilliant. I really enjoyed that chat. So uh, thank you so much to Tom for having me round to his house for that chat. And uh, as always, thanks to Joel Grove, who produces the show, and Will Shahada, who edits, and uh, my manager, Rick Hughes, for all your help. 
And that's it. That's it for another week. We'll be back next week with another guest. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. Give it five stars. Tell your friends. And um, don't go changing. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.